Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. This is a good time for Circus Harmony, the local social circus that uses circus arts to cultivate social harmony and inspire personal growth. 2017 was a good year for the organization, including some personal growth for two alumni, a nice reception at the Smithsonian Folk Life Festival, and a very nice grant donation. More ahead, as Circus Harmony is preparing a series of performances at the City Museum. Joining me in studio is Jessica Hentoff, the artistic and executive director of Circus Harmony. So nice to see you again. Thank you for having me back. You're all getting ready for a big January, aren't you? Our big annual show, which is usually a confluence of circus and music, and this year we've added dance. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, what else is going to make it special? It has 10 new acts, some of which are incredible. I see these young people all the time, and even I am impressed with the level of skill and artistry that they are presenting in this new show. How how many young people are involved this time? So in the show, we have 20, and they range in age from 10 to 22. Overall, we serve over 1,400 children in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Let's talk a little bit, because not everyone may know in the context of a social circus. What is a social circus? So social circus means that we use the teaching and performing of circus arts to motivate social change. We do it by building character in individuals and building bridges between communities. So we just... You can come and learn, and we have classes for all ages, so I do mean you. You can come and learn circus arts. We have recreational classes. We've also gotten to a level where we are one of the top pre-professional training schools in the country, but our main purpose is social and to help these kids so that what they learn in the circus ring will will travel with them throughout their lives, whether they go on to circus careers or whatever they choose to do. How does it do that? So while you're learning to flip, fly, and fling, you're learning important life skills like focus, persistence, teamwork. So there is a lot of character education classes where they focus on the words. We do it by actions. When you see these young people, they bring new meaning, actually, to the words trust and responsibility. We give them a tremendous amount of responsibility, and they have to learn to trust both themselves and each other. And that's going to carry forward. Also, the whole level of teamwork and how you make an, an act or even a trick work. If you're in a pyramid and it collapses, you can turn around and yell at each other, or you can try and find what went wrong and what you can do to fix it. And that's, that sort of conflict resolution mm-hmm. is going to help you wherever you go. Over the years, how many young people have you worked with, Jessica? Oh, my gosh. Thousands and thousands. Really? Literally, if you look at the number we touch, and when I say 1,400 just each year. Some of them only come once for a mm-hmm. workshop, but some of them we work with year-round. Uh, we have our 15-week both fall and spring sessions at City Museum and then our summer camps at City Museum, but we do a number of outreach programs. And in fact, the work we've been doing in Ferguson, our Peace Through Pyramids program, is going to be expanded in February. So anyone in Ferguson, Delwood, Florissant who wants to join should contact us through our website. And how does that work? So right now we're doing classes at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, The Vine, and it's kids from all these different areas because Ferguson is bigger than than the little slice you see so often shown on TV. And we bring all these kids together, and this this is social circus. We teach that you have a lot more in common than you do different, and if you focus on what you can do together, 
you can create something amazing. Do you have any special success stories that you can tell about some kids maybe that uh, really made a tremendous change in their lives? Well, almost all of our uh-huh. kids. I mean, obviously not not everybody, but the yeah. the two at the top of the list right now for sure are Sydney Iking Bateman and Melvin Diggs. They both came from the north side of St. Louis and they opened uh, just last week with Cirque du Soleil's Lucia in Los Angeles. And they've been already touring all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they were touring with a contemporary circus company called Seven Fingers in a beautiful show. But now they're with Cirque du Soleil. So these are two young men who have been to Russia, France, Spain, Turkey, Argentina, everywhere because they learned some circus skills, but also because they applied themselves and they made the choice to really work hard and go forward and focus on what they could do to be successful. So Circus Harmony was the uh, the bug that bit them for the circus life. Where, where do you go beyond that? I mean, if they had to go beyond Circus Harmony to be well-equipped to deal with Cirque du Soleil. So both of them were accepted mm-hmm. at Cirque du Soleil. It's not Cirque du Soleil. Ecole Nationale de Cirque. Yeah. It's a national circus school in Montreal across the street from Cirque du Soleil. We've had a number of students accepted there. It's harder to get into than any Ivy League school. There's also a new circus college in America just opened this year, Circadium, and four students who have been through our program are members of the freshman class. So we're excited about that too. Circus is a growing art form. People think because Ringling closed, it's a dying art form. Quite the contrary. And there are more and more circus schools and circus opportunities, and it's just opens up a whole new world for a lot of these young people. We talked to some folks from Circus Floor a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that, that very issue was raised about uh, the Barnum & Bailey uh, you know, doing what it did and shutting down. Well, when Barnum & Bailey moved from tents into buildings, people yeah. thought it was the end of circus. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. There's more circus, individual circus shows today, I think, than ever before. And we love partnering with Circus Flora. Our students, our advanced students, the St. Louis Arches, perform with them every year. Yeah. You've taken the show on the road, too, in the past. A, a couple of years ago, I remember listening to you and Steve Potter talking about the trip to the Middle East, which was significant. Right. Since 2007, we've had yeah. this ongoing partnership, Peace Through Pyramids partnership, with a Jewish Arab youth circus in Israel, another aspect of social circus. And in fact, when we were in Israel in 2014, we were stranded there because of the bombing, and four days after we came back is when Ferguson literally exploded, and that's when we started the Peace Through Pyramids program in Ferguson. This past summer, we were honored to be presenting partners with the Smithsonian for their 50th anniversary Folklife Festival, which was dedicated to circus arts. So we did shows up and down the National Mall. We also had our own show. We're the only youth circus that had that at the Kennedy Center on the Millennium Stage. And our kids served on panels. They did demonstrations. But it was an amazing experience. But tell us a little bit more about this Smithsonian Folklife Festival. I don't think many people in this neck of the woods are really familiar with it. Well, it's an amazing thing every year on the National Mall. And by the way, my some of my kids were very disappointed that it wasn't an actual mall. <laughs> it's just how they were so upset when we got there. They thought two weeks in a mall, yes. But the National Mall is this huge <clears throat> green space. Yeah. And and at the very end when we first got there, there were two giant banners. And one was of Dolly Jacobs, 
uh, Lou Jacobs, famous clown. It's his daughter. She's a f- uh, been honored by the NEA, and she's uh, founding and co-director of Circus Sarasota and the other end of the mall where a million people were coming for this festival was Chauncey Croner, okay. a young man from Dogtown, one of our students. And it just showed the breadth of circus arts in America. So every year they pick a different folk art. And this year it was circus. And they really had circus people old and new, and they showed how the tent house, the cookhouse worked in old circuses. And they had shows every day, demonstrations every day. Uh, it was just a great experience. And they were actually worried about people's reactions to the circus because some people don't realize how vibrant circus arts really are. But once you go and see them, it's one of the most inspirational and accessible art forms I think there is. It's nonverbal. It's both artistic and physical. So it has elements of sport and theater and dance. It's everything all combined. And it's not, it's not like it's a new art form. It's been around for a while. Right. There are <laughs> cave paintings in, in Crete of people doing somersaults over bulls. There are jugglers in Egyptian hieroglyphics. And yet, new things keep being invented. One of our alumni, Kellen Quinn, who's one of the top 40 jugglers in the world and is also currently at Ecole Nationale de Cirque, he graduates this year, has invented new juggling tricks. So this is a really old art form, mm-hmm. and he's on the cutting edge. It's amazing. Where else do people with talents like that have to go? I mean, I suppose there's always television, but there aren't the variety shows on that there used to be. Well, my... My personal soapbox is there are variety shows, but they're often under the burlesque umbrella. Yeah. And I I like that circus is family-friendly. So for one thing, you can come to Circus Harmony at City Museum. In our circus ring, we present over 400 shows a year. And it's both our young people and a lot of our coaches are still performing. Today, Eliana Grace is doing her one-woman show, which was also featured at the Smithsonian Folklife Festival. And there are more and more theaters that actually look for circus companies because these companies are showing that circus is amazing and awe-inspiring, and it shows you what humans are capable of, but it also can go deeper than that. Um, To me, well, obviously it's my favorite art form, Mm -hmm. but it's really something that people in America have always thought is just for kids. And it's not. And in Europe, it's not. Mm -hmm. I had the honor of being a judge at the International Circus Festival at Monte Carlo. People come to that in tuxedos and evening gowns. And circus is much more highly regarded in Europe than here. Mm -hmm. And if you come to Circus Harmony Legato, you don't need kids. You come and watch this show, and it just makes you feel great. And it gives you hope about the potential of humans just on the small scale working together. But also to see young people doing such high-level artistic technical skill, both in circus, which we've always done, and this year we've added dance. And Circus Harmony Legato is a journey through the decades. So it's also you're going from the 1920s to 2010 with different dance and circus arts. So so that's I, – I, w- I was just about to ask you about this, going through the decades. That's how the decades are presented, through dance costume and and that sort of thing. And the act itself. Um, So you have everything from hip-hop and salsa to waltz and the Charleston. And as an example, 1970, we have a really special act. 
There's another person who did a social circus program before that term had been coined in the South Bronx, a man named Charlie King, or actually that was the son's name, started the King Charles Troop. It was a unicycle basketball mm-hmm. club. And they've gone on. They've been performing since the 1960s. And one of the members I've known for 40 years, he came to St. Louis and taught our kids this unicycle basketball act. So that's the act that people will see that represents the 1970s. The uh, I should point out, too, that the uh, the uh, legato is going to be performed on January 13th, 14th, 20th, and 21st at various times. We'll put all of that on our website. Great. Because uh, you have afternoon and evening performances Correct. Uh, as well. How long do you, do you rehearse for you know the, the eight or so um, performances you're going to have? So we start after we circus floor which was in june and now moved up but we always start right after circus floor so we start with brainstorming for the theme mm-hmm. and we always use a musical term so we have a list of musical terms and themes and we got this all on tape this year i was totally outvoted i'll have you know <laughs> and the kids chose this name and this theme and then we start looking at the different decades and at some point because we've been doing so much dance, we started adding dance. And in fact, our spring classes start the end of January, and we now offer dance down at City Museum. So it's almost been going on since July. And then we we create the theme and the show and the individual acts. And there are guest coaches, and also we have resident coaches. But a lot of the acts are co-created by the students because we teach them. This is another life skill to not just perform, but to choreograph. The, the, uh, I mentioned in the in- introduction that you've received a nice grant from Cirque du Soleil. It's amazing. Yeah, t- tell us about that. So for the first time ever, Cirque du Soleil gave grants. We had to apply for a grant, and we were one of only three, <clears throat> and they only gave it to social circuses, and there are numerous ones in America. We were one of only three programs to receive the grant. The other was Prescott Circus in San Francisco. They do a great job, and The Point in in the Bronx. And I know the people at the social circus department, and they kept saying, we're so glad you got it. We're so glad you got it. And I didn't understand because I mm-hmm. thought they picked us. They had picked a panel of Cirque du Soleil people from around the world who've looked at the applications and mm-hmm. chose us. So it really is an honor. But we're also supported locally by Regional Arts Commission, the Missouri Arts Council, the Psy Foundation, the Trio Foundation. There are a lot of, and I always I'm worried I'm going to forget somebody like Boeing or <laughs> there are a lot of people who support us and it makes a huge difference because we are a very, very small grassroots organization. So the grant is $10,000, I believe. Correct. How do you put that to work? So in the application, we had to line out what sure. we're doing. Some of it is actually for evaluation um, because to get these grants, a lot of it goes to programming. Certainly the bulk of it goes to programming. But the evaluation piece is interesting because we were just part of a national study um, run by the American Youth Circus Organization, hired an outside evaluator, the Weikart Foundation, and proved what we knew all along, the incredible positive impact on youth development of being part of a youth circus program. And our new operations manager, actually we found her or she found us when she was doing her master's on public health of using youth circus for violence prevention. 
So that's part of a piece of that story. There's so many pieces to our puzzle that I hope people will visit us online, circusharmony.org, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look at some of the videos we're posting of the show. It'll really make you want to come. We will put a link to that website on ours at stlpublicradio.org. It's a great great site and a lot of fun to go to. Only a couple of minutes left. How did all of this get started, Jessica? I... I got a job. I I was working at a company in New York. I was working uh, Reprise Records, doing PR and mm. marketing. Warner Brothers Reprise. Oh, it was Sinatra, wasn't it? Reprise. Um, yes, I was. Yeah, he. Yeah. And I actually lost my job. To so they hired somebody else when I went to college, and so I had these two days a week free. And I'm like, what could I do? And I'm like, oh, circus. Let me try that. And right away, I just fell in love with circus and circus history. And every summer, I would travel with a, with a circus. I started with a youth circus called the Circus Kingdom. But when I came back from that first summer, I went to my teacher, Warren Bacon, and I said, this is what I want to do with my life. How can I repay you? And he said, I'll tell you what my teacher told me. Pass it on. So even though I've had a performing career, I've always passed it on. And now... I'm not performing. These tremendous young people are, and they should. People should come see them at Circus Harmony Legato, and before they have to pray like Cirque du Soleil prices. Just thirty seconds left. How did you transition from just the circus to social circus? It was just a really natural transition because I was teaching in the city and formed the St. Louis Arches out of the kids that I was working with, who were all city kids, including some from the former Gallaudet School mm-hmm. for the Deaf. And I just saw that it was having an impact on them way beyond just learning to juggle. And I was doing social circus before Dr. Reg Bolton from Australia told me that it existed. And now I have a son performing in Australia doing circus. Look, and look how it's taken off since yeah, then. Well, amazing. congratulations to you on Circus Harmony for all the good works that you do. Jessica Hentoff, great to see you again. We'll look forward to the performances later this month. Thank you. Thank you. Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs are available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash stlonair. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Alex Hoyer and Laura Hamden with production assistance from Aaron Dorr, Char Daston, Spencer Reed. The executive producer is Mary Edwards. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh.